This is Polykill, where two men, outnumbered by their games and at war with time, undertake the quest of defeating their lengthy backlogs. Please adjust your seat and prepare your ears for the banter of your hosts, Jake and Travis. My sister made like these iced coffee cocktails with like Kahlua and Bailey's and chocolate vodka and stuff. And I had three of those and then two mojitos like before three o'clock. So then I came home and had a couple beers. So like I'm just kind of cruising, you know. That's good. Yeah, it's a good day. I said I was going to teetotal this weekend. Look at you now. I I made it not far. I made it till 1130 last night. I was watching a Jamie Lee Curtis scream flick. And uh, I got to thinking, this isn't going to be any fun without a little bit of scotch. And so I had about three scotches. And I had them all in my measuring cup because I was out of other glasses. (laughs) So I ended up having 28 tablespoons of scotch last night. No one's ever measured scotch in tablespoons. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> 28 tablespoons last night. I was even measuring how, because you know how you just kind of sip unwittingly, you know, you don't really pay attention to it subconsciously. You just sip, sip, sip. I, I, I was taking half a tablespoon of sip and uh, that's a lot of sips. You that's know? a decent amount of sips. So I was getting through it, but uh, yeah, it was a good time. I don't have anything that's actually funny unless you just played along with it, but... I mean, do you have any? Do you have any good openers? No, you know I don't. And man. All sneaky or not? What do you mean? You know I don't. You're the one that's drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm literally sober as a judge right now. Well, you said it like you were drunk, so that's weird. <laughs> that was the point. <laughs> it's weird that you would sing it like it were Spice Girls. Listen, be like, I am sober. Okay. All right. All right, everybody. Well, speaking of sober, this is the Polykill Podcast. Welcome back. I'm Travis, joined by very extremely sober Jake. Hello, Jake. Hello, extremely sober Travis. I am. I mean, I'm trying not to be extremely sober. I did say I was going to teetotal this weekend. You mentioned that. We have this Discord that is just full of rampant, raging alcoholics. <laughs> and and yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way. Well, we will die young. Every fucking one of us. And I said, you know, at the end of Friday, I was like, guys, I've been going hard all week, and I think I just need a weekend to just really try water again, see what that's all about. You know, and I'm doing this running thing, trying to get some miles up. Like, I really should start taking care of myself. And uh, our Discord within like 15 minutes was just people taking pictures of cocktails and giving drink recipes and all kinds of stuff. Look at this six-pack I bought. It's got cool art on it. And I was so fucking thirsty by 10.30, I just, I drank the rest of my scotch. <laughs> I didn't make it, not even a day, not even hours. So, uh, thanks a lot, everybody. So now I'm willpower on your part. <laughs> I have none. And I tell people this all the time. I'm like, you cannot let me. Somebody keep an eye on this man. But they don't care. No one cares. Uh, but anyway, yes, this is episode 117. Of the Polykill podcast. Jake, I got to tell you, man, 117, for some reason, that number seems so much bigger to me than any of the other ones. Is it because it's the highest number episode we've ever done? I think it's that. I think it just kind of, you know, when you when you measure all the other numbers, this one's the biggest in comparison. <laughs> yeah. As I started talking, I was like, boy, that's a stupid sentence. But the thing is, I know what you mean, though. I think I know what you mean. It's like, you know, there's, there's some numbers that seem bigger than others, even though they may not like may actually be smaller. It's like when I hear 17, that feels bigger than 19 to me for some reason. I think it's yeah. just the seven. The seven carries some weight. It's got more syllables. It does. It's got, I don't know. 
Well, I was going to say all these episodes. After a while, man, big numbers, they sneak up on you. They do, man. It's just, you just out of nowhere, just blindside you. One minute, you're at episode, I don't know, whatever it was, 50, talking about getting your, you know, blowing your bits on the Super Nintendo, whatever made us laugh so hard that one time. And then before you know it, it's episode 117, and we're living in a dystopian future that Fallout promised us. So It did. Glad I'm saving all these bottle caps from all these beer bottles that I have. Oh, I should. I need to do that. Well, you got a whole bar top full of milk. You can just peel that shit off. That's true. Everybody's going to be getting sticky change from me because all of my stuff has been (laughs) epoxied into my bar, but that's what you get. But yeah, this episode, we're just going to talk about some stealth games here at the end of the show um, because, you know, why not be a little sneaky sometimes? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's fun. You been sneaky lately, Jake? You snuck up on anything? I have not sneaked upon a thing or snuck upon a thing. I have just been honestly... Doing my best to to, to stay alive and to, to, to <laughs> mentally uh, fortify myself. Um, just been baking pies, you know, frying That's up some. about you suddenly. That is a new development. Um, and I, I, we probably brought it up at some other point. But yeah, I'm having fun with that. Well, um, let's go into baking pies for a minute. Now, I know okay. that's not what polykillers are here for. They're here for the eh. video games, maybe. We don't even talk about that anymore. Do you, um, where did you, why, why pies? I mean, were, did, were you watching just a Tweety Bird cartoon? You saw one on like a stoop or something? You're like, I could probably do that. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I think we, you and I had this discussion a long time ago. I think the first birthday that you had after I met you. The first Earth Day? Birthday. Oh. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> no. It's like, That's not how fuck? I measure things. Uh, <laughs> But I, but I, I came to your to your uh, your house for a shindig, and your your wife had made you an apple pie mm, for your yeah. birthday, and like we had the discussion that like I prefer pie to cake. That's just same. me. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're in the same boat on that. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm recently single. I'm you know stuck in the in the house by myself, um, and I, I kind of wanted to do something just kind of you know relaxing, creative, um, and. So I just decided to start trying that, and I've done a few so far, and um, they're fun. I, I think I need to draw out the process a little longer, because honestly, it's not that hard, at least for me, the way I wow. do it. Like, I'm not saying that, like, baking pies isn't a tough job if someone's listening and they're a pie baker. <laughs> I'm not trying to demean your profession, but what you're, I'm saying you're is... You're as cocky as a 57-year-old <laughs> aunt. You're like, but like, like I think what I mean is just like I expected it to be like an evening of like planning and like you know just being in the kitchen and having a little glass of something while you have some music and just kind of like this whole chill thing. But it literally takes like thirty minutes. <laughs> so I was like, oh, so that's why I'm like experimenting with like making my own dough and thinking about other ways to make these pies. So. There you go, man. You're yeah, just gonna, are you going to start a business? I am. I'm going to call it Jake's Damn Pies. Huh. I'm going to call it. That's pretty good. I'm going to start making meat pies as well. That's what I'm talking about. That's you what know, I want. Some, some of them, you know, savory pies. But uh, but yeah, that's that's yeah, that's what I've been doing to stay alive. Cool, is, man. Is that's, eat baked sugar. That's just fruit. really cool. I've done nothing outside of my wheelhouse since anything has ever started. I do the same things. I stay in my lane. Uh, but. There are some new games coming out, Jake, that I'm pretty excited about. There's a few, right? And honestly, we could use some good news. And I haven't even, I haven't even looked forward into games in a bit. So, like when you posted this one and that release date, I was like, "Oh, that's soon." 
Yeah. That's really cool. Of course, we're talking about Last of Us Part 2. Right? I had there. no idea it was this soon. For some reason, in my head, it was like a long ways off still. I mean, double check me. Maybe this website we steal all this information from just never updated, but um, it seems as though June 19th is the agreed upon date of release on the PlayStation Faux. PlayStation Faux. So I am now, it's been a long time since I played the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I may need to do like a quick video recap on YouTube or something before I jump into number two here, but I am excited. Like I remember seeing, I think it was the initial gameplay reveal a while ago. Cause I haven't watched any of the new stuff, none of the new story trailers or, I know there were some big leaks. I've managed to dodge all that. I haven't read any reviews or impressions or any of that shit. I'm just probably going to buy it digitally, preload it, and then just start playing after I watch a little recap or something. Yeah, I, I, uh, like, like you said, speaking of things that are sneaky, I agree. This date definitely has snuck up. And I think obviously there's very many more important and world impacting things in my newsfeed that has drowned any semblance of hype of this mm. game out. Yes. Uh, understandably so. I'm not complaining about any of that. But, uh, it is a thing that's like, wow, where'd this, you know, I just completely forgot. But I, I will say, though, I am admittedly, as much as I like that first one, I think I'm just a, a notch below a lot of other folks in excitement. And I don't know if that's just my regular old new game uh, approach I typically have, where it's like, I'll play it later. Like, I want to see what everybody else says, then I'll get, I'll get in. I usually get hyped when my buddies are hyped. I don't I don't buy into, like, a lot of the, the media hype, uh, per se, usually because I don't have my finger on the pulse. I'm very much a 75-year-old... Um, evangelical minister from Alabama when it comes to <laughs> anything new and, and shiny. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, I, it, I have nothing to, you know, against it. I'm just wondering why I'm not as excited as everyone else. And it's probably that I just, I'll wait. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those that I will play and I'll get excited as I play it. Like I don't have the, like this huge hype train coming into the station when this thing releases. I think it's gonna be one of those where I'm like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is great. This is great. And more of a, you know, um, what's the Thoreau saying? Don't wait for the uh, the iron to get hot before striking. Strike it until you make it hot or something like that. Like, that's my approach on a lot of these um, games. It's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to wait for my uh, passion to start burning for it. I'm going to play it and then get excited about it along the way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, too, uh, an impetus to play it sooner than later would be, you know, if you don't want it spoiled. Uh, right. Which and that's a I big will, deal. I'll say, though, I, I played the first Last of Us several years. I, I think I waited for the remake to come out, or the re, uh, the, the gussied-up version that didn't straddle, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Of that first one. Yeah, I played it later. I, I didn't really know much about the story. But, again, that's me staying really untapped from everything as usual, so naturally I would miss out on stuff like that. but. Uh, I I was I loved all the surprises, twists, and turns in that game, and I think it's great. So I'm excited for the second one. Wondering where it's all gonna go. Same, same. I I hope it doesn't. You know, I, there's a lot of games, well, a lot of properties, intellectual properties that kind of um do this. The one that comes to mind is the Matrix. So remember, the Matrix came out like 1999. Ooh, yeah, kind of a big deal. And then I think it was four to five years before a sequel came out. And then, like, the third one came out, like, a year after the second one. Right. So, it was kind of like this nice long waiting period, and then you get, like, a double shot. 
pretty quick. And I kind of hope that doesn't happen with Last of Us Part 2. I hope it's just a nice drip feed. Pretty much when you get a second one, you're almost guaranteed a third. So, But I, I do hope they just sort of stretch this out a bit. But I, I am excited to play it. I love that game. I like the stealthy elements, the sneaky bits. I enjoy the the world, the characters, obviously. Like, it's just Naughty Dog is... I think they're really, really great at world building and just characters. I think they're better at that than a lot of people. Yeah, very strong, I would say. So, that's cool. Yeah, looking forward to that. Another one, uh, probably, you know, everyone's heard of Last of Us. And everyone's excited about Last of Us Part Two. I, I bet very few people have heard of or even know about the Desperados franchise, and the third one is coming here uh, on the June 16th, and I didn't really know a lot about it either. I just offhanded caught a little snippet of something, and it looks kind of cool. It looks kind of up my alley. It's sort of an isometric, zoomed-out tactical strategy based in the Old West, and uh, I just, I really like Western-themed games for some reason. As bad of a time as that is, uh, you know, in a, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of things in in American history certainly to be ashamed about that happened in the old west. Uh, a lot of disrespect for a lot of folk, but uh, you know, wearing tight chaps and and walking around in the dust is just kind of my thing. I do that regularly. Do that normally, and so <laughs> right. <laughs> so a video game based on that kind, of, like you, you know, I wear my duster everywhere I go with my NES laser guns. No one says a word. So it's no cool. one will no one will talk to you about that. Yeah. That's right. But I don't know much about those first two. I, I did read that they came out in 2000 or before 2006. So this is a this is definitely a revitalization of a long dead franchise that no one was asking for, which is very interesting. Yeah, that's a bit of a gap. No doubt. But, uh, it, you know, I saw a clip. One of the clips um, was showing like a cowboy on the side of the hill and he was, I guess, trying to figure out how to kill like one of the soldiers below him. And he just pushes this giant rock off a cliff and just splats him. Sort of like you know, cartoon style. So it seems pretty goofy and fun. I could get behind that. So yeah, I'm interested I, in it. I saw the trailer for that. I'm not. Oh, cool. I'm not opposed. Yeah. Yeah, it seems neat. But that's all. That, that was June 16th. I, I was a little bummed that's not coming to Switch. That's a that's a PS4, Xbox One, PC gig. That Desperados three. But mm-hmm. what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You're not gonna play it on the Switch. Tell you not that. Not gonna play it. Not not till limited run figures. That's something out there. That'd be that'd be it. Um, Jake, have you? Again, we talk about this just about, you know, every week nowadays. It's like we can't get out. We can't do anything. We're trying not to spend money. Is that still true for you? you no new games in your home? That is correct. I have relied specifically on Game Pass to get new things. Um, I will say I did, I did kind of forget about this, but uh, a friend, a mutual friend of ours, maybe more of a friend of mine than yours, at least lately, hmm. um, she, she recently left the place where we work and is moving to uh, D.C. to oh, yes. take a job up there. Uh-huh, of course. And uh, her her boyfriend is a bit of a gamer, and he, she, they've been, like, cleaning house, getting ready to move and all this stuff. And uh, she sends me a picture the other day. She's like, do you want this? And it's uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2 on F- Xbox. I was like, you know what? I have never played that. I love wow. the first one, so sure. So I was gifted a copy of Knights of the Old Republic 2. So I, I will dump, jump into that at some point. Very cool, man. It's good to get the, the games just fall right in your lap sometimes. It's weird when it happens, but I love it. Man, I miss the days. I miss the days of getting good finds, going to a yard sale, and picking through an old lady's junk. She just got a box of, like, old Kyle Petty stuff and, like, <laughs> dusty Dale Earnhardt stuff and, like, an old crowbar with blood on it from her late husband. And then there'll be, like, one Mike Tyson's punch out. 
and she doesn't even know what it is, but I still, I pay the 15 bucks for it because, you know, that's a pretty good deal and I'm helping her out. <laughs> I also think we should title this episode, picking through an old lady's bits or <laughs> picking through an old lady's junk or whatever it wants to use. <laughs> yeah, man. Nothing says, the, you know, that's the real stealth game. That's the real <laughs> stealth game right there. But yeah, uh, yeah I do. I, I mean, I miss it, but I was building onto that to say, uh, I, you know, relied on limited run for some action. And I uh, got that Hotline Miami, the one and two there, the collection. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, and uh, Real Mist. None of that fake shit. Okay. Yeah, Real Mist sounds like a campaign from Sierra Mist to add more caffeine to it. Mm. Like, no, this is, this is mist for men. This is real <laughs> mist. But um, no, I've not really spent a ton of time in a mist. And this seems like one that's you know got some upgradedness to it. Like... Jump in, jump out, easy to save, that kind of thing. Oh, that's nice. Hints in there too, maybe if you're a little bit stuck. So I might just play through that just to just to have that reference point. Mist is such a such a classic, and I it's a landmark. I've missed all. I missed. I missed all of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a wrap. Thanks everybody for joining us on the show. Great, no, it was fucking solid. Uh, but here's the big one, though. Here's the big on. one. So I, uh, you know, last this is an exclusive uh, reveal. Exclusive reveal. Uh, last episode, uh, you know, I talked about that graduation I got coming up, and I thought, well, I've got to treat myself. Um, no one got me a graduation gift except for myself. And so uh, myself got me uh, Cowboy Kid. Now, what's Cowboy Kid? That sounds stupid. Now, I already mentioned I like the Old West. Clearly, I do. Uh, mm-hmm. Cowboy Kid is an NES game that is certainly a high-dollar game, uh, which is why it, it made the cut for graduation gift. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, pretty hard to find. And our friend Bill from STC Pod, Start to Continue Podcast, he happened to have one uh, locked away. And he was, uh, he's been, I think he's been trying to get rid of it at some conventions and stuff. And I heard wind of that. And so I reached out and was like, hey, Bill. Mm-hmm. Hey, buddy. Uh, here you got this cowboy kid that you're itching to get rid of. And he was a little reluctant at first. You know, the old Bill. He's playing yeah. coy with me. And I had to dance a little bit. But we ended up in agreement. And I, I sent the money over. It hasn't arrived yet. It has come all the way from the great land of Canada, which I'm sure it's being heavily scrutinized at the border. They're probably looking it over. And they're like, cowboy kid. Um, but it'll eventually get to me. And that'll be really, really awesome. So thank you, Bill. And, uh, I'm pretty excited. Number 625 in the old NES, uh, collection. So moving right along. And I think the last 150 or so should cost me no less than $900,000 to get. That's so, exciting. So I'm almost there. I am Start saving. So I've started. I've already started. <laughs> what happened last time? Let's, let's sneak back there and check that out. <laughs> Previously on Polykill, Jake starts playing Apex Legends again. Does anybody remember that game? Trav started playing Sniper Elite 4. Jake finished a game, that's right, Streets of Rage 4. Oh, and another one, Darksiders 3. Catching up on what's going on since we can't really hang out anymore and enjoy each other's company. Served as the topic of... There's God. Well, that one was a fun one. Let me say, man, you you back into that Apex Legends, and uh, mm-hmm. I started playing that Sniper Elite Four, and we'll find out here soon. Not much has changed between episodes one sixteen and episode one seventeen, but you did manage to beat a couple games last time. That was fun. I did beat a couple games. Um, yeah, always like getting creds, and um, yeah, it felt good to get back on the old hog or horse, whatever you get on when you beat games. I don't know. 
Man, which one would it be? Wagon? Is that a wagon? I don't know. Like, if you were going to just buckle down to go beat some games, what's the... What would you, the, what would you mount? <laughs> what would you mount to go do it? I feel like a good steer of some sort. Maybe yeah. a, a bull. I just, you know, I, I actually really like hog. Hog is not bad. I You're going like to go whole be, hog. Yeah, I just think it's a more comfortable animal to ride. More accessible, at least. Yeah, you don't have to, like, jump to get on it. You can just right. kind of, you can just spread your legs apart and pig will run right underneath you. You can just flop down. <laughs> Absolutely. What is, what is this podcast? Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, and we also talked about the goings-ons. We, we hadn't had a, had a chance to catch up, and so we caught up last time. Let everybody hear that. So that was fun. I'm sure they loved it. Okay. Uh, what games are you working on now, though, Jake? Is, is, has anything changed? Well, uh, honestly, no. Uh, I did get one beat. We'll talk about that soon. Um, but I haven't really jumped into anything after beating that game aside from Apex Legends. I've just kind of been on a roll with that. Um, I have not... Well, I may have gotten some better at it. Um, but I end up just playing with a couple of guys, um, that I know, like one of my friends texted me, like we've never gamed, like we don't talk about video games other than maybe like, you know, Mario Kart on the Super NES or something like that. He's like an old school gamer, doesn't really keep up with things, but he texted me one night. He's like, he sounds amazing. Do you want to play Apex Legends? And I was like, who even are you? Do you have the wrong number? And he said, no, I am, he, he's in the National Guard, so he's like stationed semi-locally, but he can't obviously go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so he like bought an Xbox to, you know, keep him company at night. Um, Weird. Okay. So anyway. Like they have he dolls was, for you know, that. <laughs> well, he stayed in a hotel, so. Um, I don't know why that makes a difference. <laughs> I don't know either. I'm just now thinking about that. <laughs> well, he's in a hotel, so no dolls. You know how they are. I thought you said dogs. Oh, no. No. <laughs> okay. That makes more sense. Um, both of us make more sense just then, <laughs> just by understanding the word that the other one said. Uh, uh, but anyway, so like him and his buddy, uh, who's also a mutual friend of mine, uh, play Apex Legends. And like, he's really bad. And like the other guy is pretty good and I'm okay. So like we rarely get any wins, um, but we have a good time. And I, I have to share this. It's not going to make any sense, but it makes me laugh. So I have to share this story because I I rarely have these kinds of stories. So like he's a total goofball. And like when we're together, like in general, I think everyone here knows that my, my brand of comedy is just like, I like that in the moment stuff that you can't really replicate. And I'm going to try to replicate it on this podcast and it's going to fail miserably. Anyway, we were playing apex and for some reason, he starts just relating two things that are unrelated and then singing about it. And then at the end of each line, he would say, and I'm playing this game. Um, but he was <laughs> singing it like one of those shitty morning zoo rock jock kind of guys. <laughs> and it was just the funniest fucking shit that I have heard. And, and, like, and I think I was a little inebriated. He was. But, like, it was just uncontrollable laughter. Like, I could not see the screen. I was crying. I really need an hurt. example, man. I really need okay. an example. So, like, the one that, that I remember, <laughs> um, and it's super short, and it makes no sense, and everyone's going to go, but my God, this is such a buildup for this stupid thing. <laughs> but 
he was like, I got knuckles on my ears and I'm playing this game. <laughs> oh, that's so, the like sound I said, of a man out of his out of his depth in a game just, just completely, completely <laughs> makes no sense. But I swear to God, it was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever heard that night. Oh, that um, sounds like a great time. So yeah, like playing Apex has been more of just like a general hangout than it is uh, like actually being good at the game. Uh, good. So, but it's, awesome. been, it's been nice. It's been nice. Great, man. I, that's, that sounds better to me than anybody trying to win anything. Yeah. I mean, like we still like try to coordinate and try to do well, but like, you know, we'll goof off. Like if one of us is standing near a ledge, like trying to snipe, the other one will just sneak up and punch him off. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, Pull some shit. Good times. Good times. So that yeah. sounds like fun, man. Uh, Now's a good time. Yeah. Speaking of punching people off a ledge, I've been, uh, you know, in light of today's episode, we were going to talk a little bit about uh, the stealthy games. And uh, I was like, man, I should really get back into Hitman Absolution. Mm-hmm. I was like, I absolutely should. You know? Now, I got this on Games with Gold way back in 2014. You might remember 2014, Jake. I don't know if you do or not. I remember um, most of it. You do? No. Oh, I was going <laughs> to no, ask you if all. you could name one thing that happened in 2014. <laughs> you got Hitman Absolution. That's all I know. That's it, right? <laughs> like, it's almost as if nothing of any consequence happened between 2001 and 2016. Like That's fair. Like, not much, not much happened. Uh, but it was, I looked it up because I was like, how long has this game been cooking around in my old, uh, you know, Games of Gold Wig. system, yeah. yeah. March thirty first, twenty fourteen, man. So I oh, don't, damn. I, I don't know what was going on with me then, but uh, that's when I got it, and I played it then on the three sixty. I didn't have an Xbox One then. I don't even know if Xbox Ones were around then. I have no idea. I don't keep up with anything. Twenty thirteen. Okay, yeah, I didn't have one, but I played it on the three sixty Games of Gold, and I encountered a notorious game breaking bug mm. way back then. This is, I think, it was one of the first times this had ever happened to me, and I was like. No so cure, you're just cure for sitting this? there playing your video game, and then all of a sudden, this Volkswagen Beetle just comes up and fucks your game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's and that was the stealthy part of it. The Volkswagen Beagle, Beetle, Beagle, the Volkswagen <laughs> Beetle was behind the couch the whole time. I didn't even know it was there. But no, um, game breaking bug, and the game would crash upon saving and then corrupt your save. It was the worst time That's to have sh- a crash. That's fucking hateful. I mean, if it had crashed like mid mid, um, you know, mission. That's that's annoying, but when it crashes mid-save and then you boot the game back up and it's like, hey, new player, you want to start a game? And you're like, are you are you fucking kidding me? There's no save slots in the game. It just kind of auto-saved. And so unless you ahead of time knew that you could like save to the cloud and then like move your save to your hard drive, like do that whole thing, um, which I didn't know until after it happened. Like that was the remedy. I remember Googling it and it was like, well, you can save to the cloud and move it down. I'm like who just does that? That's yeah. That's the that's the thing that a man who's already been scorned does. Yes. I am newly scorned. Did not know this. That is a so, doomsday prepper. Yeah. So anyway, that burned me on it. I've been pretty far in the game. So it had been over six years, but I finally decided to fire it back up because I remember having a blast with it. And I want to say, man, it still holds up just like then. It's a lot of fun. I think it still looks pretty good. That one has like the egregious like uh, boobs in it too, right? I haven't that seen the a one? ton of boobs. No. I oh, feel well. Like there was... There like is, the opening? Uh, I don't even know if it's the opening. There is, a, there is a shot early on where there's like a woman in the shower and she. That's what I'm thinking of. She's not clad in anything but, you know, water. Um, but I, you know, I didn't think it was like 
too egregious. I mean, based on like my 2020 sensibilities, it doesn't seem too egregious. Oh, no, no, no. I was not criticizing it. I was remembering oh. that fondly. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the word egregious. No, it was agreeable amount of uh, boobs, if you ask me. No one did. But no, it was, it's, it's good, man. I have a lot of fun with it. I like sneaking around doing the old sneaky stuff. Um, and I haven't played, I don't have any Hitman experience to really compare it to. I dabbled in some of the old school ones. They mm-hmm. always felt a little too picky, a little too strict, and the punishment for failure was just a little too severe. Like, having to deal with load screens was a big one, but the game moved slow, so it's like, I don't want to have to do all that again. But in this one, I feel like it's faster, it flows better. I mean, I again, I don't have anything compared to, so I should say better, but it flows good, and I feel like a lot of it's up to you. Like, it's just, it throws you in a thing, it's like, hey, kill that guy over there. You just got to figure out a way to do it, and I like that. I think that's a lot of fun. And if things go off the rails, you can just kill everybody. It doesn't matter. That's another yes. cool thing about it. It doesn't like force you into this stringent hitman uh, credo. You have no one to answer to but yourself. You get negative points if you kill a civilian, but hey, if one goes down, you got to do what you got. You're doing what you're doing. You got to do what you got to do. So I think it's fun. Disguising, switching disguises. It's fun. Super good time. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm not very far into the to this playthrough, but it's as good as I remember it being. So that's cool. Have you good. played any of the hitman games? I've played, like, I've dabbled. Um, Absolution is one that I've dabbled in, Blood Money. And I've dabbled in, like, the, I guess, the soft reboot that they did two or three years ago with the episodic stuff. I think that was, like, a Games with Gold uh, thing. Was it? I was curious about that. How does that yeah, work? It's, well, I mean, basically, they're all just compiled into one game now. Mm. Um, is it good? Is it fun? I mean, I've heard great things. I enjoyed it when I played it. Um, you know, it's... I think really geared toward like freedom in how you complete your mission kind of gives you a lot more of a playground uh, than just find a, a safe spot and, and shoot them. So you can do it all kinds of ways, apparently in terms of like how you, how you off the targets. So that seems cool. It has a lot of like fun, unintentional comedy in it, at least um, when I play it, because usually some shit will go off the rail for like something really stupid uh, like one time I accidentally kicked a bottle and the maid noticed and then she ran to tell other people. So I had to gun her down and then a guy across the hall noticed and I had to go in there and subdue him and like tie him to a radiator. Then I was trying to escape and fell out of the window. It's just, ah, so good. Comedy of errors. Yeah. It's like get smart, but you know, with me. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So those are games that we're playing. Apex Legends, Hitman Absolution. So not a, not a wide array of games. No, pretty narrow. Pretty narrow, but maybe we beat something. We, yeah, we beat some things. I know I did. Now, last yeah. time I talked about Sniper Elite 4, another sneaky sneaky. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about that sneaky sneaky. Uh, I just, you know, the I didn't realize this game was already three years old. I don't Four know, is three. Oh, shit. 2017. I didn't realize it was already that old. Uh, it feels kind of newer. Like, maybe, I don't know. I don't know why it does. But it plays great. I mean, I talked about how that X, X-ray cam is just really cool. Right, that's right. Just, that's just cool. And the story, who who needs it, man? Just kill some Nazis. Just kill them. Absolutely. Shoot them in the head or, or balls or liver or kidney, whatever you can get. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, is, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot to add. I did finish it. Um, but I would say, if you know, if you've been sleeping on the series, I know it sounds like, it sounds like the Dollar General of first-person shooters. That makes sense. But, you know, the fourth one here, it has the best reviews in the series. It's pretty favorable across the board. I think give it a shot. Wink, wink. So did there. I say give it a shot. <laughs> Get down on your belly. Hold your breath. Give it a shot. I think it's. I think it's worth a lot of folks' time if you're if you're into that kind of thing. I think it does it pretty well. So very cool. Yeah, man. Did you beat anything? 
I did. I played through Minecraft Dungeons. Uh, that was a you know Game Pass game. Um, it's like Diablo, but Minecraft lore, graphics, things like that. But it's got that sort of isometric uh, action RPG sort of vibe. Um, I found it to be pretty simple, but also pretty enjoyable. It was more along the lines of just working your way through all these different areas, killing all the bad guys, getting uh, better gear, upgrading things here and there. Nothing t- overly complicated. It was actually kind of like my perfect speed of game, at least for right now. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have a lot of depth in terms of like customization or upgrade trees and skill parks and things like that. It's just like, you know, here you go. Kill the, kill the things with your weapon of choice and then... Sometimes they'll drop better weapons and you pick those up. And sometimes they drop better armor and you pick those up. And then every time you level up, you can enchant an item. And then that's it. Like, it's pretty simple. Um, It's charming. You know, it's not complicated in any sense. But I think it probably took me five hours, maybe. I think there's like ten dungeons. And it does get pretty hard if you solo it, actually. Um, Because, like, the first, like, six levels, I just kind of breezed through. I was like, okay, this will be an easy beat. And then once I like got seven, eight, nine, ten, I was like, "Oh shit! Okay, this is, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put some effort into this. Yeah, and not just swing my sword or shoot my bow or whatever." So I'm curious. I mean, it is it has the Minecraft moniker there, but is there any crafting other than maybe your weapons? There is no crafting. You don't craft a damn thing. It's literally huh. just, from my understanding, Mojang, uh, the company behind Minecraft, actually builds the dungeons in like minecraft proper and then like just exports them to that game but now you don't you don't craft a damn thing huh yeah there's no breaking bricks or blocks or building anything it's just diablo but with minecraft you know enemies so they got your spat your spiders your skeletons your zombies and all that shit um so yeah but it's still it's still good no i i thought it was good i would i would say it's a b plus Damn. Okay. Yeah. And it's what's the what's the time to beat on that some bitch? I think it took me about five hours. Oh, that's not bad. No, no, it was it was it was a fun little beat, and they're going to release more content. And it's I think I put it in our Discord. It's, it's something I would roll through again if someone wanted to co-op it. It would be fun mm-hmm. with friends. Fair um, yeah, it's a good time. Cool, cool, man. Uh, I hadn't heard much about that or anything at all. Again, I've stated uh, over and over again I don't pay attention, so it makes sense. Um. Mario versus Donkey Kong for me. And that's just, that's not just my fantasy UFC fight. I mean, it is, but that's not what I'm talking about here. This is a game on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, People are very familiar with the franchise, but it's a game from 2004. Obviously, I'm trying to build toward this resolution I set out, which was to beat like 20 handheld games. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get close, but I'm I'm going to keep trying. How close are you? How many have you beaten? Uh, I think seven, seven, maybe seven or eight. I was going to guess seven. You could do it. Maybe. The, the thing is, it. though, I've discovered some handheld games that I want to play through this exercise, and they're mm-hmm. all sort of RPGs. So They're all Fire Emblems? <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> there's a couple. I mean, really, a lot of them are just like, um, there's like Mario Superstar Saga and stuff like that, where I've, I've read about it, and I'm like, oh, that, that sounds fun, but that would take me forever. But it's like, I shouldn't let that stop me from playing it. So, I don't know. The whole purpose was to to really fill out those systems a little bit, and if, it, if I find some games I like along the way and don't hit the resolution, who's hurting? Who's hurting? <laughs> I agree uh, with you. But anyway, I digress. Um, so this game, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, uh, if you don't know, it builds on that original Game Boy Donkey Kong, which is, I'll say it again, definitely underrated. I think a lot of people just think it's like the DK arcade version, 
And but no, nah, that's a full ass game. That game is just not those three levels that you played at like the pool hall when your dad was trying to ignore you because he was wanting to drink to forget your mom. This is like it's well, it starts with that. But then after that, it turns into this whole new game um, with like all new like multiple stages games with, or uh, levels with different themes. And the premise is that there are these you know platform puzzles you have to solve. And your mission is to basically get a key to a door. And Donkey Kong is, is, has stolen something you're trying to get to him. I guess he's stolen Peach, I would assume. I can't remember. Uh, but that's what this Donkey Mario vs. Donkey Kong franchise essentially became, which is that. And it is addictive as hell. And they throw in these really cool wrinkles throughout, like these really cool puzzle elements that keep you thinking, uh, keep you moving. I would say it's not without its frustrations. Like, I did beat it, but there were times where I looked at my hands in complete disbelief. And of course, <laughs> like seething rage, but I did make it through. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's, it's, those games are great, man. And so I was, I was going to try to work on knocking a few out of that series. I think all of them are on Nintendo's handheld platform. So that Good. could be, that could be a, a, a franchise I kind of lean on for these resolutions if I decide to carry it out. But uh, you can't go wrong with a little Mario versus Donkey Kong, man. I think a lot of people no. sleep on that series. It's pretty solid. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, dude. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, dude. Uh, all right. It's, we've reached a podcast. I don't know. It's not really the halfway mark, but we've reached the point in which we plug ourselves. Uh, you can <laughs> find... Yeah, yeah. You like it. I like it. You can find us online at polykill.com and follow us on Twitter at polykill. I was going to take turns here. I don't know if you were. Oh, okay. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. Uh, you can drop us a line at uh, polykillpodcast at gmail.com. Um, seriously, uh, somebody, please do that. Um, just, just to make sure that the whole damn thing works. We're not sure if it does anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Does Gmail stop working if people don't email you after a while? I don't know. Uh, we also have a Patreon, which grants you access to exclusive weekly content, and you can influence the show with your chosen topics of discussion. You can be like, hey guys, I want you to discuss this, and we'll we'll discuss whatever that is. In addition, you can get some early, early anythings that we do, which includes Tales of the Lesser Medium, uh, Jake's new podcast, Music That Makes Me, which is... Uh, I guess delayed for release uh, for a little bit, but we will be coming out soon. Drunk Friend, Ness Friends, and Off-Kilter Episodes. And you can check it out and find a tier that works for you. I also yeah. want to shout out Michelle, who recently joined up and has been, I would say, Jake, I don't know if you agree with this. Uh, you probably will. Uh, I would classify that experience with Michelle as a hoot in there in the yes. Discord. Because Maybe even a hoot and a half. Hoot and a half. I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, thanks to her, you know, we're even more prone to rampant alcoholism. So thank you so much, Michelle. And she she's in there posting uh, drink recipes constantly. And not only is my liver, like, really throwing in the towel, but my wallet is like, I don't know if we can afford that much absinthe. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, thanks, no, Michelle. We appreciate it. We would normally give you a shout out on the Off Kilter podcast, but that has been our brief hiatus. So doing it here. So thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. Also, for a buck, you can join our Patreon. Uh, that'll plop you right into that uh, meme loving, fit getting, fun having, all inclusive, hilarity inspiring Discord that we have. It is a good time. It's a really good time. Okay. Now it's time to get real sneaky, Jake. Mm-hmm. Talking about those sneaky, sneaky stealth games. Right. We've talked about some genres in the past. We have not really landed on stealth, but stealth can present itself in several other genres. It's sort of the sub-genre for many other 
You know, you yes. can have platform stealth, you can have first person stealth, you can have tons of different stealth. I mean, everything's got a little, most games have a little bit of stealth, I would say. I, yeah, I think there's, you know, plenty of um, that being fused into maybe like a part of a game. Like I'm thinking like Red Dead Redemption mm. or Assassin's Creed, at least some of the older ones. Um, but there, I wouldn't necessarily classify them as a full on stealth game. Um and, and right. maybe maybe for good reason, maybe um, we'll get into that. But but yeah, like stealth can be found in a in a variety of places. Um, but I think we're going to try to talk more about the the pure strain of stealth games, uh, at least for this discussion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think you know when I think back to some of the earlier stealth games that I played, you know, I I definitely have ignored most of the keystones of of that genre for sure uh i don't know if that's wittingly i don't know if it's my patience i tend to have over my years gravitated toward games that required less patience uh stealth is definitely not that genre but so i didn't play like original thief i never got into the metal gear series and a lot of that too is just None of my pals were into those, and that uh, affected me a lot. So I didn't play, you know, even during that, what was it, PS1 era, the Siphon Filters, uh, the Rainbow Sixes. I I didn't get into any of those. I'd like to now, Mm -hmm. but I didn't at the time. I really want to say the earliest memory I have of a game that was purely predicated on stealth would be Mission Impossible for the N64. I I wasn't even a GoldenEye kid. I missed out on that, so... So that yeah, I I think that's a good one to talk about because I think it's one that is kind of I don't know if it's underrated. It might be (laughs) aptly rated, but I just have really fond memories of playing that game. Yeah, Um, I think it was actually pretty creative um, for the time specifically, and you know I think I went into that expecting it to be tied in with like the Tom Cruise movie or at least the old TV show, and it you know it obviously used the license and some of the names, but it was more just you know original scenarios and. Um, just a lot of set pieces that I think were really cool. I remember specifically like the the submarine pin uh, level. Uh, that was just a I mean, just a fun little thing. Um, that it didn't feel I don't know it didn't feel overly tedious for some reason. Like it, when I think about it, I don't remember being frustrated with the game. Yeah, I remember it working. Like I I, I think my frustrations with stealth games up to that point were like you know, this is horseshit. I definitely wasn't seen, or this is so picky. Like, how could he have seen me? Um, but in this, I remember, and now again, I didn't own an N64 during this time. My buddy, Josh had the N64, but he had that game and we played a lot of it. And I remember, uh, we played through the game. He mostly wasn't great at it, but I enjoyed watching it. But there was this one level we had a blast. We played it over and over. And it was where you use the, um, I think it's called like the face maker. So you could just basically swap your face. That was kind of your yes. Hitman disguise swap. And uh, we would, basically you had to follow this guy to the bathroom, uh, talk to him or something, and then knock him out, drag him into a bathroom stall, steal his face, and then go out and find this woman in a red dress. And we basically got it down to where we were like speed running it. We we're like trying to see how fast you could do it. This is like speed running before we even knew what that was. Yeah. Just trying to, to do that. And I have, there's so many, so much Mountain Dew and Doritos just being, <laughs> thrown through my body while doing that so you know that's that's those good early teenage year memories just plowing through that one level of a game over and over for no reason we weren't out to beat it anymore we had tons of other games we could have played but it was just how perfect can we get this mission because it was so much fun so 
that that's probably one of my earliest memories of of the stealth. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a good one. Um, yeah, that's because I didn't play like I didn't have a PS one until like much later, and like so I don't even know that I played the original Metal Gear Solid until like much later. So I kind of had a different opinion on how that game sort of played out um, after playing like other um, stealth games. Um, but one thing I'll say is like I I I think I'll just I don't know if this will come up at any other point, but. I do think I strongly prefer um, third person for my stealth versus first person. Yeah. Um, first person stealth games, I always have trouble with. And um, whether we're talking about like something like Dishonored or just like a shooter that requires stealth, I, I don't know. I, you just need a little bit better spatial awareness than just a, you know, 78 degree wide view of what's in front of you. Um, I think for me, yeah, um, no, I agree. With and you. also I'm not crazy about like 2d stealth. Cause let me, you know, one could remark about, uh, Mark of the Ninja being a great stealth game and it is, but for some reason I just don't care for that. Um, I don't know. It I seems like, a I little like more tedious to, for the sake of it. Yeah. It's definitely a tougher game and maybe that's part of my, <laughs> yeah. you know, dis dislike of it. Um, but I, I do like that third person sort of, um, having all that space to work in and knowing exactly how you occupy space, having a, a good representation of that. I agree. I, I will say though, I can think of two exceptions. Um, cause I agree with you. I think I, I prefer third person. I can't remember if is dishonored third person. It's just first person. It's first person. Okay. I didn't like that one as much. That wasn't, um, and that had really less to do with the stealth and more just like the flavor of the atmosphere. It was okay, but I, you don't like the, the the aesthetics. I think. I think there's something about it. I don't know what it is. I, I hate to remark that way because I had fun with it to an extent, but it just I, I wasn't excited about the second one. But the um, there's two two games that uh, do first person that I think are tremendous in terms of stealth, and I want to say it. They probably stick out because first person stealth is so much more uh, thrilling to pull off. In a way, like it, it just seems like, uh, I mean, obviously you're more in the moment, you know, third person, you're controlling a person and first person, you are the person. That's kind of the whole point. Uh, but alien isolation was a mm. game that, uh, just being stealthy and trying to hide from that alien. And I mean, stealth to the max. I mean, there's no gun blazing options. You are hiding constantly. There's no way out, you know? Right. And right. I think the thrill of that game and it's intelligent AI, which I know is kind of redundant, but it was like an intelligent, it was like a smarter than usual video game AI. You were constantly on edge and like listening to any bumper noise. I remember Brian and I playing that and he having the, his sound system up so that we could hear like any clank on a pipe or, and we, we even played it to where like the, are you still here, Jake? You're like completely in the dark. Yes. Oh my God. Oh, there you are. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do this video chat. You're over there in the dark trying to sneak up on me. Jesus. Uh, no, it was giving me flashbacks to Alien. But no, we had it completely dark. <laughs> and we actually had to be quiet because we had that setting to where, like, the controller could hear us. And so if we talked too loud, the Alien could hear us. And so that was kind of – or maybe it was uh, not the controller. Maybe it was just, the like, connect. Uh, connect. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was just, like, ugh. So that was one where – in the moment, really frustrating, and I would totally agree with you. Like this actually kind of sucks in terms of stealth, but like getting through it and looking back on it, it was like, how cool was it that we? I feel like I actually survived the fucking alien. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's definitely a different um, intention, right? The idea is is a horror thing, and like limiting your field of view makes makes a lot of sense. What was your other exception? 
Outlast. Get, Outlast. Okay. Yeah. 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 That that makes sense too. Again, in that horror context, yeah. or that survival context, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think spooky parkour is another way to describe Outlast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How quickly can you slide under this bed? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I, and and I think there is a couple of things at play with like sort of like the decline, I guess, of stealth games as a genre. And it's something that I sort of postulated in the discord and I've thought about it. And I think I might be onto something. I don't necessarily know if that's, you know, if it holds water or not, but uh, we were talking about uh, siphon filter. And I said, I would love to replay siphon filter with like modernized controls. I don't even need like a remaster. Just give me modernized controls because I, I tried to play that not too long ago. I don't remember where I was, but like just the shooting controls were just garish. Like I, I could not do anything. Um, so like just having that redesign would be cool. And uh, our friend uh, Musty Hobbit said, I miss spy games. And I was like, yeah, like that's just kind of not a thing anymore. Like the whole secret agent or spy thing, it just sort of dissipated. I mean, there was like this glut of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we had the Mission Impossible game, we had the Siphon Filters, and then we had the Splinter Cell series, all of which were like stealthy. Siphon Filter, maybe not as much, but um, I just think there's like, you know, the the Cold War went, you know. Yeah. Uh, frozen uh basically ended and (laughs) uh, i don't know i don't know that makes sense anyway so like i think the fascination with spies and spy gadgets that that was like a long-running thing in in american pop culture and i think it just died out you know i think maybe the age of the game designers you know the generational shift something happened and no one seems to really care about that anymore now like anything that's military is more like counter-terrorist stuff unless yeah um because i I guess you know the modern spy is sitting at a computer or is yeah working for the nsa or or is a drone or it's a lot more boring than a game yeah would be for now i mean to your point i I would love uh, a modernization of an 80s themed spy you know, story that'd be great. You know, to no, I, I'm with you. Or, no, I absolutely even if it's like that. Cold War. You know, I- any era pre uh, modern times, I think would be fun because, like you yes. said, yeah, I think I think the modern spy is. I mean, the, I'm uh, too naive. I'm I'm sure to an extent uh, there are infiltrators among us, but uh, you know, the, it's it's probably not as fun as you can make a game out of. You know, right? It's probably just a lot of paperwork and listening. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's it. But, but like, yeah, and I think for me, like, the, my favorite stealth game series will always be Splinter Cell. And, like, you can sort of watch the evolution of that series in, in you know, kind of being like this, I wouldn't call it a hardcore, but at least hardline um, stealth game. Like, it was always smarter to be unseen in that game. Um, and there was just some really fun, creative ways to, like, disarm disable you kind of had these cool gadgets like the little um little flexible camera you could put through the door to see if there were actual enemies on the other side and those like sticky shot grenades that would stick to guys and incapacitate them and then you could get like really creative and like shoot a hole in the fish tank in the room and they were in and the, the water would puddle up and you could shoot the sticky shocker in the water and it would incapacitate anybody in the room because they were standing in the water like that shit was just so much fun yeah. and um i i really enjoyed that and then like they did the the original one which is still probably my favorite just because of like i played that game so much 
Um, but then Pandora Tomorrow sort of expanded on that. There was a lot more outdoor stuff. Mm. And then Chaos Theory kind of went even bigger, but I think it kind of regained some of the claustrophobia of the first game. And then, like, as things progressed, it kind of became more character-driven because, like, the first game was very much about Sam Fisher yeah. as a character. Um, but, like, then it became, like, like the point of the game was, like, rescue your daughter or something like that. And I was like, this doesn't feel quite the same. You know, it's, it's getting um, a little unhinged and it became less of a stealth game as, as times went on and like i guess there was one uh, double agent where you were kind of like playing both sides you started off in prison it was just i don't know if it, it felt like the fast and the furious version of a spy game you know it's definitely yeah, like sense. let's pump up the action yeah i mean i i don't mind a little character building especially after you spend some time i think I think that was like sort of the whole reason that Master Chief ever got a personality was people were like, well, who's this guy? Right. So I you mean, have questions. Makes sense. Uh, I, I was thinking when you were mentioning Sam Fisher and, and obviously Ubisoft, I was thinking of Assassin's Creed. And it's weird how in my mind I kind of discount that as, as a stealth series, even though Assassin's Creed and you spend a lot of your time hiding. I think it's something about the searing hot fucking daylight that's in every game yes. that makes me feel like I'm not really sneaking. I'm just kind of blending in. I mean, but it, 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 I guess it still applies. It's just. I think so. I think so. Like, I, not so much now, um, really at all. And I'm very okay with that. But, like, you know, the first game, um, cool setting, but there was some tedium that I did not enjoy. You know, the the bullshit where you got to follow people and not be seen and overhear them. And it was, and it was like not even actionable on, on your part. It's not like if you heard them say something, then you would actually intuitively determine something to do. It was like, you just had to do that to move to the next part. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I get it. Like I, I would, I wouldn't mind that if it like, it actually behooved you as a player to like, you know, listen to something that an NPC says and then you could actually do it without it actually being like a checkpoint on your mission log. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was more emergent, I guess. Um, but yeah, in, in that series sort of straight away too. So like, and yeah, I'm just curious as to like, maybe that's what sales has determined or maybe that's what developers and playtesting has determined that just like pure stealth is not, um, necessarily sustainable. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I don't even. I'm not familiar enough with the Metal Gear series to know if if that still holds a lot of the stealth elements it's predicated upon. Would you know? Um, I I think so. I think. And what about Death Stranding? I I mean, that being in the pedigrees, it, it feels to me like there's some sneaking there to an extent. In Death Stranding, I would say no. Okay. Like, I, I think there's avoidance, but I wouldn't call it stealth. Gotcha. Um, I think it, in... I, the, I haven't played Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. I did play Ground Zeroes, which was like the playable prequel. And that was very much a stealth game. Um, but I can't speak to how Five played out. Right. But, I, I mean, I think that the problem with that, like calling that a stealth game, is that there there are big moments of action and weird lore and things like that where it doesn't i don't know it doesn't feel like a stealth game anymore yeah yeah and there's certain like stealth adjacent games that i really want to like and some that I, I really need to play but i like ones where 
you're not uh, really avoiding, per se, guards or people, but maybe you're trying to come up with a way to cleverly break into or out of something. So, like, the, uh, <clears throat> what are those things called? The uh, pay, uh, God, payday, the payday series, payday two, yes, the one I'm thinking yes. of, where you're trying to rob a bank. I mean, there's an element of stealth there. Sure, usually it goes off the rails, but. <laughs> right. And and those games were very hard. And I wanted more of a fun, like, get the boys together, let's rob some banks, let's rob some jewelry stores. And it always turned into who's down, where we'll just fucking leave them, get in the van every single time, get in the van. And I don't know, it's just, it was too hard really to be fun. And I, I really wanted to play Rainbow Six Siege for that reason. Now, I don't really know if these are considered so much stealth games, but they're certainly, they're certainly, um, like clandestine type games that I think yes. are adjacent and it it behooves you to be unseen. In those <laughs> games. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> and I do I like I like those ideas and you know if if it's uh it, it always seems like you're on the you know anytime you're trying to break in or out of something you're usually the bad guy. So it's just weird uh to kind of fantasize about that. Like I really want to do mm-hmm. a game where I'm like doing a heist and robbing banks and stuff and. Is that bad? Do you really want that? Like, I wish there was a game where you could just, like, break into every house in a neighborhood, but instead of, like, killing people, you're just, like, stealing their dog. <laughs> like, I don't, want, right. I don't want a game where I'm, like, breaking in and doing anything bad. I just really want to see, like, if I can be clever enough to break into a home, do a mission, and come back out, nobody's hurt. Like, that's that's the the game that I sure. want. But I don't know if that's if that exists. Maybe Maybe a game where you play as a bear and break into people's houses and play their pianos. There you go. Yeah. You know, bear piano game. I like that. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening out there, naughty dog, make naughty bear, please. That'd be a fun <laughs> game. But yeah, I, to bring this back sort of full circle, 117 episodes episodes ago, as we alluded to off the bat. Sorry, I'm chewing the rest of my olives in my uh, ginormous uh, martini I just drank. Um, before episode one of this podcast, many many moons ago. Back in 2014, when we couldn't remember what we were doing, I had just finished Thief, and it was one of the driest and least ex- least inspiring video game experiences I have ever had. And I'm, of course, I'm talking about that like uh, half baked remake from 2014. Yes, yes. Um, they're not all fun. <laughs> that that one was really bad and i knew like Crushing i heard them. people like it's not it's not great it's not good and i was like well i have low standards i'll try it and i was like this ain't good this is bad <laughs> right right yeah i never played that obviously there there's good reasons that i never did um and i never really i feel like it's you know the ship has sailed on the thief series i think they were trying I to hope, revive it i hope it, it sailed and, fast away i hope it got out of there yeah <laughs> i mean it's it's honestly like it's one of those things that really should work again and maybe it was just the execution of that uh reboot that didn't work but you know being like a supernatural thief and like this sort of like gothic city yeah yeah that seems really like a cool premise but um, it was just terribly linear I mean, just yeah. I mean, that's yeah. You got to be inventive in a situation like exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would give you like two options, and they were very clear. And mm. also, as thief, like everything glowed. Like anything you could steal, just glowed. Like there was no. It just felt like okay, go get that, go get that, go get that. Okay, now go through this door. Now get that, get that. Like it was very like A B C. And I'm with you. Mm. I like some option. I think those games, those stealth games, need you need to have at least uh, four ways to do something cool. Yeah. That way, when you pull it off, you feel like, oh, look what I thought of and did. 
even if there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, it gives you that confidence that like I was creative and I came up with something cool and did that. Sure. I, I yeah. know that the Hitman game does that a lot. Like I'll I'll pull something off and turn around and look like, oh, I could have pulled that fire alarm the whole time. But the way I did it worked. And that's still a yes. good feeling. So yes, uh, with Thief, you didn't have that. And that that's kind of the bummer with that one. Yeah, that's problematic. Yeah. All right, man. Was there anything else about, you know, sn- sneaky, sneaky stealth games you can think of? I mean, bring bring back Siphon Filter. Make that happen. I want I want to play that again. Uh, again, just modernize the controls or do a, a re- reboot. Um, and you know, it's been seven years since the last Splinter Cell game. Um, let's get let's get back to that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That that's me. Uh, I just I just love that series. And um, so let me ask you it. then, if you could uh, if you could make a stealth slash spy game. What's the setting for you? What's your choice? I mean, you mm, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, I know you have some some love, of course, for these sort of uh, neo futuristic circa two thousand two games. But what's what's really what you would you would want to do? I mean, I, I would like. Uh, I kind of like the way the hit the Hitman series does it, where you can kind of uh, globe trot a bit, so you get some nice diversity in terms of like what you're having to deal with. So. Like you have a set of skills, but you have to you know implement them in different ways depending on the environment. You know, maybe it's narrow corridors, or maybe it's a wide open space, or maybe it's a grassy field, or maybe it's a basement. You know, like you've right. got to kind of work with what you have. I do enjoy sort of that um, tension, but I think I, I like anything with um, with gadgets. So, like, I, I would say something kind of now, like you know, current contemporary setting. Um, but in terms of like where, um, I I would like a nice, like big, I don't know, like maybe like Dubai or something like that, where you've kind of got this, you're surrounded by desert and then it kind of just like slowly turns into this super ritzy town with massive buildings, really fancy cars. Um, it's got the the Wiz Khalifa is there. Yeah. So like, I think, I think it would be a, uh, that would be a cool thing. All right. So you can, you can kind of use the environment, um, in different ways and you've got a lot of cool options. Yeah. That, that would be, that would be, you know, you could climb, climb the outside of those, those hotels and cut glass and swing in. Okay. And, so you're thinking uh, like some mission impossible. I am. Yeah. I would love that. Uh, like almost like Spider-Man if he were shoot on hmm. site, which I guess he kind of is. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, if you ask, you know, certain people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that would be a, I think that would be my setting. Yeah. Okay. Dubai. That's interesting, man. That's Hitman Dubai. Let's Hitman Dubai. Happen. I mean, that's, it's, it's probably happened in one of these games I've not played, but. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but no, what I, about you? No, I think that's cool. I, I think the gadgets are sort of inherent to the spy side of things for mm-hmm. sure. And thinking about stealth. And again, I, I talked up the alien isolation and outlast side of things i do like the horror i like when me being seen is almost instant punishment otherwise i'm more likely to just not be disciplined and just shoot everybody all the time and so those games sort of keep it like no this is a stealth game you're going to play it as a stealth game travis you're not going to walk around with your shotgun the whole game Right. So that that's a good thing. Those games impose uh over well, I mean strict but not overly strict. Like not, you know, within the game's uh rule set, it's it's very fair. And so I like that. 
I don't like to be punished to a point where a misstep is restarting the whole mission, restarting long segments. I think that's the yeah. worst part about stealth games to me. I agree. So I, I like the horror aspect. I was thinking like I like some stuff that's sort of like out in the woods. I just remember playing um the Blair Witch game with Brian. That was a yeah. little bit being out in the woods doing some stuff. Like I like the sneaky sneaky stuff, but I like when the the enemy is is humanoid like i know they're that they you know they're not so superhuman they can't like detect me through trees or anything like i think having slender man or something yeah i like having like a known like okay that guy's human clearly he can't see me from here there's nothing worse than in a game where you're like how did they see me it's like well they're a ghost yeah like well fuck you yeah that's annoying that's annoying (laughs) so so yeah i think you know i I, i'm not really naming anything overly specific but i sort of like the dark gritty uh more spooky Give me a give me a haunted house sneak sneak game uh, for me. Okay, but yeah. I, you know I don't mind I don't mind a few gadgets. Give me give me a give me a flash. Give me a night. Give me some night vision on that game. Sure, yeah, that'd be fun. All right, man. I guess that we've we've snuck all the way through this episode. We've tiptoed all the way through it. We've sneaked it. Yeah, man. I was actually I was trying to think really hard about games that you know we we talked about all games exclusively in the 3D puberty plus era. Can you think of any games, old school, that had a good amount of stealth that you played? I know they're out there, but that you played. Mm, and when you say old school, you you mean like pre-polygonal? I'm talking pre-polygonal. Or, or not for you. I mean, for me, that that's considered old school for you. I mean, I know I know the fucking Xbox 360's ancient from from the from now from yeah. the tech gurus perspective. For me, <laughs> I'm t- like that thing's only. 15 years old man that thing's brand new <laughs> <laughs> um i honestly can't think of anything um off the top of my head yeah i can only um, think of that, a few times where i had to sneak i mean i in terms of like yeah no i can't think of anything there's there's one that comes to mind that it's not based on the rule set i just gave but i remember in wind waker there's uh breaking out of the prison at the very beginning I remember that being like a very sneaky thing and I'd always fuck it up and get frustrated. So mm-hmm. that's that's GameCube, of course. And the only other game I can think of that I was able to pull off that's kind of sneaky sneaky is uh, uh, Blackthorn. Uh, and that's not okay. one that's very popular. It was, it was Blizzard's first ever game. It came out on 16-bit systems. And it's it's very like it's an articulated platformer. So like when you jump up on a thing, you like you pull your guy all the way up and you can push up to go into the backdrop and then come out to shoot. That's kind of sneaky. You got to like wait for, it's almost like Abe's Odyssey, but more realistic if that's, if that's helping you at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that was kind of fun. I would give that like a stealth pass. I would consider that early stealth. But okay. other than that though, I haven't really played, I didn't play a ton of old school games where I had to be real sneaky to, to get through, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if the, if the uh, memory bandwidth was there to make something like that happen, you know, a lot of yeah. it was, a lot of the, the enemies and things like that were just, you know, path loops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or you just so, shoot them yeah. on sight. There's no sneaking. You just, if you see them, kill them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no pacifist runs. Cool, man. Well, that's, that's been an episode snuck right through us. Um, and this, the stealth thing, I think it was a long time coming. I'm surprised we hadn't talked about it before. Cause it seemed like it was a pretty good discussion. I enjoyed it. Absolutely, man. Uh, well, I guess that does it for an episode. Thank you to everyone for listening. You can catch us on Twitter, of course. Together, we are at Polykill. I'm at Traff Plays Games. I'm at the McAxel. And we will catch you next time. Peace out.
Hey guys, welcome back to The Late Show. I'm your host, Trav. Of course, we're going to do the Just Beat It's. That is, if you beat a game, use the hashtag Just Beat It. Make sure you include at polykill. If you beat enough games, you can become a polykiller. If you make a good enough tweet, you can just get your tweet right out here. You know, it's that easy. We're going to start out with a guy who just beats games, maybe for a living. really don't know what he does, besides beat games. Corpse Flood. He's, he's this episode's polykiller. It wasn't even close. And he beat some games I don't even know if I can pronounce. I'm going to do my best. First up, Akai Katana. Then Vice Project Doom. Really good game on the NES. Space Megaforce. Then here's a bunch. Here's a bunch in a series here. Raiden Trad. Raiden 3. Raiden Fighters Jet. Raiden Fighters 2. Raiden Fighters. Raiden 4. Then you got Ice Cream Surfer, which sounds delicious. Gears of War. Go Go Ackman. Gears of War Ultimate Edition. And finally, Ketsui Deathtony Kazuna Jigoku Tachi. That might not be accurate, but that is what I see written here. Okay, now let's get into some random a bit twits. Starting out here, our friend Top Spot at Top Spot one two three. He says hashtag just beat it, of course. Shadow Blade. It's an Android game, but I just beat get this the Ouya version. I've been sitting on this one for a while, but today I had a little time and a lot of ninjas to kill. Fun action platformer made easier with a controller, even the Ouyas. That's interesting. I didn't know that the Ouya was still a thing. I thought um, they were declared illegal and banned from existence five years ago. But that's cool. Uh, Next, Josh Leslie at Frantic Society. He says, this game is hard to explain to somebody. It's strange. It defies logic on how well it all came together to form a beautiful story about hope and connection. I loved it. And it's some of Kojima's best work yet. Of course, he's talking about death. Stranding. So good job, Josh. I know that's a that's a big beat. It's a real long game, but here it's fun. People enjoy it. So that's cool that you finally got credits on that old thing. And then lastly here, Caleb J. Ross, my co-host on Tales of the Lesser Medium podcast. Please check that out everywhere you can listen to podcasts. Please do it. He says, hashtag just beat it. Mafia 3. I started this on a whim. Just something to pass a couple hours until bed. But 40-ish hours later, here I am. Man, I hope he actually <laughs> hope he went to sleep during that time. This was an amazing, he goes on to say, this was an amazing experience with one of the best endings, narratively, I've ever seen. Seriously, Polykill. So that's cool. That's pretty good praise. Be interesting. I, I've always been curious about that game, so maybe one day I will check it out. But that does it for the post-show Just Beat It. Thanks again to everyone who listens and beats and tweets. We really, really appreciate it. Keep them coming. Keep on beating on. And we'll catch you next time.